0: you're listening to episode number 79 of the keto diet podcast today we're chatting about how to make terrifying changes not so terrifying how to embrace where you are right now the one belief that will get you out of the darkest places how to deal with guilt and so much more so stay tuned hey i'm leanne from healthfulpursuit.com and this is the keto diet podcast Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. Starting keto and maintaining it long-term can be quite a challenge if you don't feel supported. My 60-day program, The Keto Bundle, provides you with clear step-by-step how-to on successfully adapting to a ketogenic diet, avoiding common ketogenic struggles, and healing your body completely and fully with a ketogenic diet. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle and use the coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, no spaces, to get 10% off your order, exclusive for podcast listeners only. Now, let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday. I'm currently hanging out in a hotel room in Florida, just a little bit outside of Orlando. It's beautiful here. The sun was shining today. It's pretty pretty late right now, and we're just trying to get through as many podcast episodes today, and there's a lot of really exciting things happening on the podcast. This is the first of many recordings I will be doing from this location, and I'm pretty excited about it. So the show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthful suit.com/podcast/e79 and let's hear from one of our awesome partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true north strong and free. But gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the US get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you $20 off your first 3 boxes of groceries plus free shipping and a 30-day free trial. That's a total of $60 in savings equivalent of over three tubs of collagen or over four free pounds of cacao butter, or get this, a half year's supply of free digestive enzymes, all for switching to Thrive Market for your online grocery needs. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra $60 off your first three orders plus free shipping, you're going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into an $80 Thrive Market order for three months in a row for the same amount of things. Go to thrivemarket.com slash keto to get your instant $60 off free shipping and a free 30 day membership. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only and if you're unsure of the link simply check out the show notes for today's episode to get all the details. Okay, I got one awesome announcement for you guys. You've asked for years for a list of my favorite keto things, and I am finally delivering. I've compiled all of my keto favorites on one page, so it's easy for you guys to find what you need, depending on what you're looking for. Many of the items have epic descriptions, recipes, videos, and other really fun things. You can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com favorites to check out this free resource of course. Okay. Today's guest is Danielle Natoni. She is a former fifth grade math teacher turned full-time fitness professional who is obsessed with helping people, especially women, realize that they have it all and be fit, funky, and full of life. I found Danielle on Instagram where she was talking about how she prioritizes herself, her wellness, and her happiness, which ultimately leads to her feeling like she's aging in reverse. Her tone and message really resonated with me, especially after all. All the research I've done for Happy Keto Body. Being a woman is super tough and there are so many expectations from society about how we look, speak, and prioritize our time. So I wanted to chat with somebody who could share her own experience because we need to talk more about how to deal with the societal pressures of being a woman. Just a note, there's a little bit of swearing in this episode about halfway through, so I would recommend keeping this episode away from little ears. Okay, without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey, Danielle, how's it going? Great. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for coming on the Keto Diet Podcast. Oh my gosh.
1: Thank you so much for asking me. I'm truly honored.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Um, so for listeners that may not be
1: familiar with you, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Danielle Natoni and I'm 39 years old. I live in Frisco, Texas, which is like the burbs of Dallas with my husband, Darren. I have two kids, Adriana and Bianca. Adriana is 16 and Bianca is 12. We have a really soft, but bad Bengal cat. His name is Chuma the Bengal. And, um, we just love enjoying his mischievous adventures. I'm a former fifth grade math teacher turned full time fitness professional who is obsessed with all things Rocky, French fries, chocolate chip cookies, and just living my best life possible. I love that.
0: (laughs) That That's so great. I love all those things too. So... The reason I wanted to have you on the show today was because you did like a really great Instagram post where you were talking about how you prioritize yourself and your wellness and your happiness. And one piece of the conversation was aging in reverse. Can you tell us like what that means
1: to you? For sure. So I honestly feel the best I have ever felt in my life. And this year I'll turn 40, which does not scare me at all. But I remember when my mom turned 40 thinking that that was so old and when I think about turning 40 now, I'm like, dude, I'm so young and I'm just getting started. And I think the reason I say I'm aging in reverse is because as I'm getting older, I'm getting so much smarter. I am smarter about the way I eat. I'm smarter about the way I move my body. I make better choices when it comes to you know, my sleep and my stress levels and my finances. And so in turn, instead of you know growing old gracefully, I'm actually getting younger internally and, you know, my skin feels really clean and I don't feel like I look my age. I've got energy for days and it's just really incredible what being completely aware of all the things you put in your body, how you move it and just really trying to live your absolute best life, the effect that has on your overall wellness. So, you know, I may be coming up on 40, but I feel like 40 is the new 20 and I'm pretty stoked for it.
0: I love that. And I'm assuming you didn't always think this way, right? Like, what what was the turning point of you seeing life in a different way? Like, how, how did that go for you?
1: For sure. So I got married young. I was 22. I was a little bit pregnant. And so then I got a little bit married. uh, Because you know, when you're 22 and broke and pregnant, you figure, well, that's the next logical step. And in doing so, I made a lot of poor financial decisions. And honestly, with that also comes a lot of bad nutritional decisions, right? You know, really cheap food is often really bad for you. And I wound up being in an unhealthy relationship two-way unhealthy, but uh, I wound up with two kids who I absolutely, you know, wouldn't change anything that I've done in my history because I have the most amazing children. But where I found myself was, you know, two kids, no money in the bank, A seemingly great job as an elementary school teacher, but often having to just go to Wendy's and you know their dollar menu night after night to put food in everybody's bellies because I was you know nine credit cards you know maxed out, nine payday loans, just like in financial ruin. I was stressed and I was unhappy. And what I found is when you're emotionally broken, you're often broken in other areas. So I was emotionally broken, financially broken, and outwardly I looked the part. Um, I'm one of those annoying girls who pretty much has been the same size her whole life. So, you know, the outward physical appearance wasn't the problem, but my, you know, I had to use the restroom after every time I ate, I thought that was normal. Uh, I constantly ha- had anxiety. I didn't get great sleep because I was always worried. And so I think the turning point for me was just like one of those moments where you're like, is this, is this it? Like, is, is this really my life? Is this why I'm on this planet. And I found myself, you know, with two kids, an elementary school teacher, no money and needing a second stream of income. And when I decided that I was going to have to go get another job, I had always had a side hustle of like tending bar or waiting tables. And I just didn't want that anymore. And I actually really enjoyed fitness. I always went to the gym. I bought every fitness magazine there was. I used to watch Denise Austin on Lifetime. I don't know if you know who she is, but that was kind of like my first, Like gig into home videos, and um, I thought, I wonder if there's a way for me to make a secondary stream of income in fitness. And honestly, that was the gateway. That was the door. That when I made that step over into like, okay, I'm just going to do this to bring in some extra cash. I started to meet new people and I started to learn new things. And honestly, that simple decision to, can I make extra money in the fitness space is what opened the door and opened my eyes to so many new opportunities. And with each piece of you know, research I learned with each person I met, I just soaked it all in and started making changes over time that have led me to where I'm at today.
0: I love that. And I can completely relate. And for women that are listening that are like, but that sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you deal with any fear with that? Because that that's a huge change and something that it really sounded like it took a leap to get yeah. to that space. Yeah, that it's like? for
1: sure scary. And, you know, I, I talk about that with women all the time. But, you know, here's here's the one thing. You know, one of the things that you hear a lot is, I'm, I'm just too afraid, um, you know, because I also left my unhealthy marriage. That was one of the things I learned too, right? And so one of the things you'll hear women, especially who are moms say is, well, I, I, I want to stay for my children. And I always argue, I left for my children. What I knew is that I wanted my girl to see what a healthy mom really looked like, I wanted my girls to be able to see what a truly healthy relationship was so that when they sought out their own relationships, they had something great to model it after. And honestly, that's why I knew that my relationship wasn't right because my parents have been together since they were 14 and they have one of those storybook loves like one of those loves that you're not really sure exists. My mom got really sick last year. She's much better now. But watching my 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 dad over her was like something out of the notebook, knowing that God forbid something happened to her, he would crumble too. And so I knew I wanted to leave for my kids. That was thing number one. Thing number two was, I also knew they say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, I also knew here I am like, this is it. I've got no money. If I keep doing what I'm doing, that's not going to change. So I also knew uh, I've got to do something. And so why not this? Why just settle for what I already knew? Why not take this leap of faith? Because my other, thought was, what's the worst that can happen? I'm kind of already rock bottom. I have no money. I constantly have to borrow from friends, families, and neighbors. Creditors are calling me nonstop. My stomach is in constant pain. Like I can't sleep. So what could be worse? Right. And so I get it. It can be really, really scary, but I promise you this, if you're in a situation right now where you want to make a change, even if it's not a relationship change, but any change at all, what happens on the other side of fear? Absolutely nothing. You don't die. It's like that meme, right? But did you die? No, of course not. So sometimes I think you just have to close your eyes, take a really big, deep breath and jump into the deep end because you will come out of the water and you will come out on top if you just work for it. So that's what I did. I just figured why not me? And, uh, you know, it's one of the best things I ever did. That is such an
0: amazing and empowering story. And while you were going through this process, did you ever feel um, impatient with it? Like, did you have an end goal in mind? And were you like, if I could just push harder, how did you embrace where you were in that moment of just every every day embracing where you were?
1: Yeah, so... I have always had a really strong work ethic. Uh, I always say that I have no superpower. I truly believe I am no more special or talented than anyone else on this planet. That the only thing I am really good at is I am consistent. Like I show up every single day, no matter what. And honestly, that was my goal through my process. And it still is my goal every day is if I can just wake up and show up, I know that I will move forward. Does that make sense? Like, I I really truly believe that it's not these big grand things that we have to do, that it is the small, daily, unsexy, consistent behaviors that lead to big change over time. So I literally woke up every day and thought, I'm going to do what I've got to do today. And then I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to do that again. And of course I set goals along the way. Okay. Can I get out of debt? Okay, great. Next. Can I, you know, earn enough money to, you know, have a savings? Okay, great. Next. Now, can I start paying off all this bad negative debt to build my credit? Okay, next. But I really look at life, even still with all the success that I've had every day, I just wake up and I'm like, I've got to do today's daily things because that's what it takes to get to the next day. Matter of fact, I'm working just like on a a really big goal and And I hit that, hit a piece of it last week. And I made a post on Instagram that said, what do you do on a day where you hit a really big goal? The same stuff you do every day. You know, like I just truly believe it. So small, consistent, unsexy behaviors day in and day out. And so if you can attack whatever it is that you're trying to achieve and just think, I've got to do what I've got to do today and I'm going to wake up and tomorrow. And I'm going to do that. And I promise you little by little, you'll get there. So to answer your question, no, I wasn't ever really impatient. And that's not to say that I'm not flawed in my mindset. I do have days where, you know, uh, I get stuck in the comparison game or maybe I see other people doing things that I wish I had done or somebody done something faster. For the most part, I'm pretty patient with my progress because it's my progress. It's the rate at which I go. Nobody gets to decide what's the right or wrong pace for my life and for my goals and for what I'm doing. So I've really been able to kind of set that mindset of like, all right, if I can show up every day, I'm doing the necessary behaviors in life to succeed.
0: Yes. <laughs> just all <laughs> yes to everything you said. I mean, if, if anyone listening didn't quite catch that, like just rewind two minutes and like listen to that over and over again, because there was so much power in what you just said of just being in your own. And I, I think a lot of women don't see the value in that maybe we chat a little bit about what your life is like now so that people can kind of get a sense of like why it matters like why why does this matter and it sounds like the core of everything you've worked on is really embracing yourself in this current stage of life and every stage that you're in maybe you can share a little bit about what your life looks like now
1: Sure. So I would never say that I have the perfect life because we all know that perfect, first of all, is in the eye of, of the beholder. And there's also no such thing, but it is pretty dang close. Uh, you know, I am in a healthy, loving relationship. My husband is just the perfect life partner. He is my number one cheerleader, number one supporter. He's pretty darn and good looking. And, um, you know, we also work together and he's just a great business partner. He's a great bonus dad to my girls in that he doesn't try to step over, you know, their father's toes, but also wants to be a great role model for them. You know, I'm healthy. I am I'm debt free. I'm financially free. I have a career that is thriving that lifts me up every single day. I wake up feeling passionate and purposeful. Um, I, my stress level is pretty, like pretty low key. And that's not to say that we don't have struggles in our life. It's just that when they come, I'm so much more mentally equipped to handle them that it doesn't even really phase me. And, you know, what I, what I think is really important is that I always knew no matter in my darkest moment that I mattered. And I think that that's something that a lot of women struggle with is that they don't think that they're worth it. And, you know, it's interesting. I may be going off on a tangent, but a question I get asked a lot is like, you know, how do you do it all? Or how do you balance it all? Or how do you have time to work out or all these different things and, or what's your number one priority? And I'm always like, I'm my number one priority. And I think that that's the thing that has really carried me through is that I come first. I cannot be a good wife. I cannot be a good mother. I can't be a good coach, a friend, a trainer, a daughter if I am subpar myself. So when I put myself first, I am better for those who need me around me. So for me, the space that I am in now, this life that I am living is I know that when I wake up every day, my number one job is to be the absolute freaking best me possible. And when I do that, when I'm the healthiest me by putting the best food in my body, and when I'm the healthiest me by moving my body in ways that make sense, and when I'm the healthiest me by ensuring I get eight hours of sleep, you know, and all these different things, when I do that, I'm going to make better financial decisions. I'm going to be a more patient mother, a more loving wife, make you know better decisions about my job and my career and all these other areas of life. So you know, I, don't, I think I kind of went big circle all the way around that question. But where I'm at now is at a space of like, I am just a, really at peace with who I am. And I wish that for so many more women in the world. More on my interview
0: with Danielle Natoni after this message from one of our podcast partners. Whether I'm on the go or at home in the RV, a good keto snack goes far beyond whether or not it fits my macros. I love snacking on foods that I know do right by my body. And that's why I love Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks. Each keto-friendly stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs to keep my gut healthy and happy, plus support my immune system. They come in a variety of awesome flavors. My personal favorite is summer sausage. Paleo Valley is offering 20% off their Fermented beef stick snacks to listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. Just head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto to get your instant 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. Being at peace um, is such a great way of summing up the the energy that I get from you. So that's so great. And there are two questions that kind of came up, what you just said. And I know um, there's some women listening that are like, but how do you do that? So as um, as mothers listening, especially or even dog moms or busy ladies, how do you make yourself a number one priority and not how do you get through that guilt? Because I know that a lot of us will feel guilty of like, yeah, but... Sally has soccer practice, and I need to be there for that. And what about the dishes in the sink? And the guilt that can come from that. If I just need to go to a yoga class and skip soccer, like how did you deal with that guilt? Did you ever have that guilt? How do you process that?
1: Yeah, so I get it. And listen, we're all, you know, riddled with guilt, whether you have kids or, or don't have kids. It's just kind of the nature of how we're hardwired, right? Even early on though, even when I was 22 and Adriana was a baby, like I would put her in the the gym daycare for, you know, 30 minutes and, and do a workout and have some me time. Because here's the reality. You're not going to miss every soccer game. Matter of fact, I'd love for you to reflect back right now and tell me all the times your mom missed a game. Like, do you remember the specific game that she missed? Of course not. Unless it was that your mom was never at a game, right? You don't miss the few times that your parents don't make it. Also, you know, the other piece of it to me is that it is 30 minutes to an hour. Like If you can't give yourself 30 minutes to an hour, something is also really misaligned with how you're arranging your day and how you're running your family. And the other thing that really holds me to it and allows me to do things guilt-free is because it's not only about me in this moment. What I am doing is also shaping my daughter's future. And so what I don't want my daughters to see It's a frazzled mom who can't keep her stuff together. So because what will happen then is we perpetuate that cycle, right? If I can't put myself first, guess who else can't put themselves first when they become a wife, a mom, a student, whatever it is. So I want to model the thing that reminds me to get good sleep. The thing that reminds me to be the absolute best me possible. The thing that makes it okay for me to miss a volleyball game because volleyball is our sport in our house from time to time is reminding myself that what they see is what they repeat. And I want my girls to grow up being empowered females who will be able to give themselves one hour a day, 30 minutes a morning, 15 minutes with a quiet cup of coffee and some meditation. And if we can't model that, then we are just perpetuating this cycle. And we're teaching our future generations that it's okay for them to not take care of themselves too. And that honestly is all the reminder I need. Thank you so
0: much for bringing that up. Um, I want to tell a little story. It's really short, but sure. um, my sister and I grew up in a household where my mom, uh, my mom was born with one hand and um, she chose not to have prosthetics or anything. So she... She had this mary can do attitude. her name is mary and if if there was something that somebody said she couldn't do with one hand, she'd be like, "Watch me and you know <laughs> she she did everything on her own, she pushed really hard, and so my work ethic and even my sister's work ethic, we call it the vogel curse because we are the people on the team that everyone just relies on to do stuff and we'll be the ones that just do it all because we had that Mary can do attitude and that's where we learned. And I love that my mom taught me that it's like, if somebody says I can't do something, I can do it even better. And I'm always trying to push and be better and better. But the problem with that, that I'm learning, especially recently, is like, I never learned how to take care of myself, because my mom is such a strong and independent woman that will do everything and never say no and never take time for herself. And always she does it with a smile, but it's, it's never ending. And she never, ever took time for herself ever. And my sister and I were chatting about this um, last week, actually of like, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. And I'm trying to figure out like, why can't I put myself first? Like, what is this? And my sister was saying the same thing. We're like, Oh my gosh, totally. We never saw our parents do it. They were always pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and trying hard. And, you know, we came from very, very, very little when we were small. I remember my mom saying little prayers before she went into the freezer to find something for dinner because we didn't have a lot. And she would pray that there would be food in the freezer. And for them to be able to push themselves to a better place, it took a lot of work, but um, they never took care of themselves and something they struggle with now um, that they're older trying to figure out like how do we care for ourselves and how does that work and I think that it's so important for parents to pass it on to their kids so I'm really happy that you've seen that and and you are forging the way for your daughters to be like wait a minute I can take 15 minutes to reconnect and have a coffee and look out the window and just be by myself and be comfortable with that and it's taken me a very long time to like actually be comfortable alone sitting by myself without having some stimulation. So I just want to thank you for, for doing that for your children because that's a big deal.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's something that I think is gonna be a constant struggle, especially in the world we live in today, right? We're in we're a microwave society. We want it quick. We want it fast. We want it now. We're overly stimulated with all the media and devices in, in our hands. And so it really is important to kind of like almost figure out where, where do I get those pockets of time for just me? And, you know, the other piece of it too, is that the moment I decided to become a wife or the moment I decided to become a mom doesn't mean I gave up my right to be me. Does that make sense? Like When you take on the role of wife or mom or, or even coworker, or fur baby mom or, or devoted sister, whatever it is, when you take on that role, you don't hand in the keys to your own self. And I think that that's important to remember. I still get to be Danielle, even though I'm Adriana and Bianca's mom. I still am Danielle, even though I'm Darren's wife. I still have me and I don't want to lose her because she's important.
0: Mm, Yes. And something I think a lot of women need to hear over and over and over again, because there's this culture of like, do more, be more, be there for others. But I've seen that be very detrimental to many women, and they completely lose themselves. So you mentioned just a little bit earlier, um, because life isn't perfect, like no life is perfect. Anyone who says their life is perfect, you have my permission to run in the opposite direction, (laughs) because it's not true. But how do you deal with setbacks? Like, I'm sure bad things happen in your life. There's frustrations. There's things that happen. How do you deal with that setback with this more positive um, outlook on your life? Sure.
1: Without telling you like the whole story, I will give you a, like a quick example. Um, and it may seem like a first world problem, but it is a real problem. And I shared it on Instagram recently on February 28th of 2017. So that's over a year ago. I got in a car accident and I still do not have that car back. You know, the faster version of the story is it's a Tesla and so it takes longer for parts to come in. And while they were repairing it, there was a huge hailstorm in Texas and the car was left outside. It basically totaled it. The insurance company refused to total it. And so here I am 14 months later. I still don't have my car back. We've fought legally, we have battled. It has just been a nonstop nightmare, been five different rental cars, like you name it. and it doesn't sound like a lot right now, but it has it, been very stressful, right? But at the end of the day, we've made it through no problem because my thought process is this. So I have this saying, which is what is when the shit hits the fan, throwing more shit on it only makes it shittier. So my deal is this. Okay, yeah, doesn't it doesn't suck that here I am 14 months later still driving around a rental car paying for gas when I on purpose bought a car that was electric because I did not want to contribute to you know, I wanted to have less of a carbon footprint on this earth. Yeah, that sucks. Does it suck that we spent thousands upon thousands of dollars in legal fees trying to battle this insurance company who does not care that we're still not in our car, even though we're paying the car payments of this car? Yeah, all that sucks. But if I choose to be negative about it, if I choose to sit and wallow in that, all I do is make the situation worse. And so our kind of family philosophy is, is when the ship hits, The fan, like turn the fan off, you know, like find something to be positive about. We also had another situation where literally over $400,000 was stolen from us in a house buying process and we did not get it back. And this uh, builder did it to 25 other families, went bankrupt, and is now operating under a new name with absolutely no repercussions. And again, most people would not be able to make it through that. And we smiled through it all because at the end of the day, he's a bad man and bad things happen to bad people and I'm still living a good life. And so while it sounds very Susie, Mary, sunshine, unicorn dust, fairy juice, whatever, the reality is, is how I make it through tough situations is I remember that being negative gets me nowhere. Being negative just makes an already bad situation worse. Sitting in it, wallowing in it, only makes the situation at hand that much more unbearable. So we find anything possible to be positive about. There is something positive in your life, no matter how dismal or miserable it seems. There is something good. There is always one, at least one positive thing to focus on. And that's what we choose to do to get through the tough times. So, you know, when the shit hits the fan, turn the fan off and find something to smile about.
0: I love that it's something I could have probably heard a bunch of times I had a similar house experience where I lost a ton of money and I was young and it was my first house and it was a nightmare. And I was by myself and I didn't know what to do. And I could have really used that because I'm, I think many of us and myself included, I'm very good at focusing on the negative. And something I've been trying lately is just like breathe in and out three times and just focus on something in your life that you really, really love right now. And I started doing that with more body positivity years ago of like, Oh, I hate my stomach. It's so Whatever I would say at that point. And then I'd be like, but my arms, I really like my arms. And I would just refocus my energy on something else. And I've been trying that just with life and it seems to work. But are there um, are there any
1: books or podcasts that you like listening to that have helped you get to this point? Oh my gosh! There's so many books and so many podcasts. Um, you know, I'm just constantly soaking it all in. I, I love Lewis Howes' podcast. That's for sure uh, a favorite. I love. You know, what's interesting? This is not a podcast that helps. In this particular situation, but it kind of does. I'll, I'll make it relevant. One of my favorite podcasts is this podcast called How I Built This. It's an NPR podcast and it tells the stories of brands that are well known brands and, and, you know, how they got to where they are. And the reason it's relevant to the topic we're talking about is because every single one of those stories has a major downfall in it. And so if those brands had chosen to focus on the negative, to have not looked at the positive, to have not seen the light at the end of the tunnel, they would have never made it to where they were. So, you know, sometimes, you know, yes, there's so many great like Books and podcasts out there, you know, five second rule is great. And all these, you know, Gabby Bernstein's great. All those things are great. But sometimes for me, at least, it's the more practical ones that really hit home for me. And it's like, well, shoot, if, you know, if Drybar or, you know, Kate Spade can make it through all of that, if Spanx, you know, creator can make it through all of that, well, I can make it through my tough times. And so sometimes it's those stories of hearing like that, you know, when, when the chips were down and someone chose to still fight their way to the top, that's where I really find like my biggest motivation and and inspiration is, you know, in those moments. So yeah, there's tons of books out there that kind of focus on this. And there's lots of great podcasts, but, you know, I think the, the thing that, For me, I've been obsessed with Rocky my whole life. I literally have, I'm actually staring at them now, these two giant murals in my office of Sylvester Stallone, you know, standing at the top of those stairs. Um, And I think the reason that I have always identified so much with that storyline and that character is that it's the underdog fighting their way to the top. It's the underdog choosing to not give up, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, to go the distance, to realize that when you have heart and when you have hustle, you can overcome any obstacle that comes your way. And so, you know, for, for me, that has also been one of those guiding pieces for me, which is like, just remember Rocky, you know, like, remember that there, you will be able to come out on top and stand upon those steps and be able to be victorious, but you just have to believe that you can.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that. I totally love that. Don't judge me, but I just watched Rocky for the first time last year.
1: (laughs) Girl, there are so many of y'all. And, you know, (laughs) it's funny. My husband hadn't either. And so I made him watch, um, you know, from the first one all the way through five, then Rocky Balboa, then Creed. And I'm just saying not to get everyone all excited, but Creed two comes out this year as well. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, for me, it's also what Sylvester Stallone represents, you know, Mm -hmm. his story of, you know, being completely broke, having to sell his dog, um, them not wanting to cast him as the lead role in this movie and him holding out and saying, no, I absolutely will not sell it to you unless you're the lead. I mean, and look at him now, right? Like that is, he could have given up. He could have said, no, I can't do this. But instead he chose to like hold out. He chose to see his worth. And because of that, he has written a story that will forever last the test of time. So I just think it's important reminders. There are visual clues all around us reminding us that we are powerful. We have purpose and that we matter and that we are stronger than any challenge that is thrown our way. I was just taking
0: notes because what you said was really great, and I'll probably name the podcast that. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> I was um, like, where did she go? <laughs> <Was> she okay? <laughs> Is she dead? Um, Sylvester Stallone actually just posted. I don't know if you saw it on on Instagram. I think he's like he's seventy or something. Yeah, like.
1: he's so amazing. I have to meet him at some point. <laughs> in my life. Right? Seriously, and
0: he said, um, "You're only as old as your joints." Yeah, and he was like. I don't even know what, like chin-ups with weight on his ankles, like beast man. (laughs) I'm like, seriously, yes. Like age is just a number and he's proving it every day. So to kind of pull in the whole age piece, I'd love to kind of pick your brain on some aging and reverse strategies that perhaps uh, you've come across in your life. Cool with it? For Sure. So,
1: you know, it's interesting. Um, One thing that I get asked a lot is about my skincare, right? And I think – I know I remember my mom, like, putting on, like, all this eye cream and, like, doing all these, like, crazy night rituals. And I don't have any of those. And when people ask me, like, what is your skincare routine – I'm almost embarrassed because I'm like, I wash my face in the shower. And I honestly think that my number one like secret to aging in reverse is water. And I know that that sounds so silly, but I drink nothing but water. I gave up alcohol almost two years ago completely. And I also gave up coffee like four months ago. And I just feel the best I've ever felt. And now listen, if you love your cup of coffee, I'm not telling you you can't have coffee. I just found like when I stopped that my stomach also felt better. I feel like the acidity in it was just kind of messing with me. Um, but now that I literally only drink water, I drink sparkling water with my meals and then you know regular water uh, throughout the day and then just wash my face, I knock on wood, watch me get a a pimple tomorrow. But I can't tell you the last time I had a blemish on my skin or, you know, I, I, and I do have like some, you know, fine lines here and there, but I'm also don't plan on getting rid of those. I am proud of my smile lines and I I don't ever want to look, you know, frozen in time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say that probably one of my number one things about aging in reverse has been really like just, cleaning up the things I put in my body. So starting with, I mean, I just am really well hydrated. And the other thing is being super hyper aware of like toxins, not only in my food, but in my environment. So we switched to like organic sheets. We are also really trying to watch like EMF now in our house. So I stopped wearing my Apple watch. Um, just really trying to be smart about, you know, we even like the detergent we use obviously is fragrant free and making sure sure that the shampoo, even the you know beauty products I put on my face, um, you know, just are as clean as they can be with, you know, as possible. So just, I think, you know, I'm rambling a little bit, but I would also say like a second one would be just being well-educated. And by being well-educated, I mean do research, listen to podcasts like yours, um, listen to as many podcasts as you can, read as many books and articles, and then decide what makes sense for you. Because I also think what makes sense for me may not make sense for you, right? What works for me in anti-aging me may not work exactly for you. So for me, it's, you know, I, I drink water, I don't drink alcohol or coffee. Um, I, you know, eat, pretty clean. I do love a good chocolate chip cookie, but I won't eat one that's bought at the store. I make it with better, better for me ingredients. Um, I do love French fries, but that's what a good air fryer is for. Um, you know, so it's, I really try to eat a lot of nutrient dense food with limited processing and, um, you know, meat that is responsibly raised is really important to me as well. And using cleaning products in my home that are, you know, toxin free and just really trying to clean up my environment. And the other thing that I will say is sleep, 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 and more sleep. And, you know, back to a book, um, sleep smarter by Sean Stevenson, obviously is like, uh, like a Bible in our house. Um, another great podcast as well, where we've just gotten so much great information, but I know in my younger years, I did not sleep enough and I'm like, Oh, it's fine. I don't need a lot of sleep or, Oh, I'm so energetic. I'm fine. And the reality is, is that in the order of importance, it should be sleep, nutrition and then food and so it is a big deal in our house that we have to go to bed eight hours before we're supposed to wake up the next day like without question like it is you know nobody in this house can get away with only five hours of sleep we're just not having it because what we know is that the body gets healthier during rest not during work and so we need our sleep so to kind of you know wrap that up with a pretty bow since I rambled, it's definitely water, sleep, and education are probably my three number one tips for aging in reverse.
0: I love that. Something that I have definitely seen uh, helpful is the sleep aspect. Like, and I think it's it's hard when you have a full-time job. I found it really, really difficult when I had to be at the office at certain times, and that was really hard for me. I know it is possible because the last year that I was working in an office, I tried really hard. Just like you said, like if I need to wake up at seven o'clock, I need to go to bed at 11pm. Like there's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's non-negotiable. And now I find that I do best, you know, going to bed when I'm tired, waking up just when the sun comes up. And that's uh, really amazing that I'm able to do that. But I think that sleep piece is really, really great. So I'll definitely link out to the sleep smarter piece that you were chatting about. More on my interview with Danielle Natoni after this message from one of our podcast partners. I like to take extra precautions to support my gut during cold and flu season. The stress of daily life, work and traveling can take a toll on anyone's immune system and none of us have time to get sick. Am I right? I like to take a strong probiotic as a way to repopulate my healthy gut bacteria, which leads to a stronger immune system. Wolf Clinic Royal Flora is my choice for soil based probiotics. Wolf Clinic is offering 20% off their probiotics to us and Canadian listeners of the keto diet podcast. Head to healthfulpursuit.com slash gut and use the coupon code gut all in caps no spaces at checkout to receive 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. You mentioned removing coffee from your life. and I'd love to just ask you um, from your standpoint, how you remove foods from your life without going totally crazy because As a girl who used to drink three pots of coffee, yes, I said three pots (laughs) of coffee a day. (laughs) I can tell you, it's it's really hard to remove coffee from your life. But how did you do it, and what was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, so I um, first of all, coffee wasn't hard for me because actually, it was never really about the coffee itself. It was more about the routine. I actually started drinking coffee when I was an elementary school teacher only because it was free in the teachers' lounge, and so I would I would drink it because it was there. And then it just kind of became part of my morning habit. So that one was pretty easy for me to give up. But I am a little alien in that if I decide that something's not good for me, I just stop. So literally the day I was like, my husband and I were like, maybe we should just not drink alcohol anymore. That was it. Like it was never a question. It wasn't like we were struggled. I was like, oh man, I really want it. Um, Same thing with coffee. I'd had a cup of coffee every morning for probably, I don't know, 15 plus years, right? And the morning I decided, like, I think I'm going to give up coffee. I just did. Now, I am aware that that's not a normal mind frame. I am well aware of that. But that's kind of how my, I have gotten to a place in my life, where is if I find out something is bad for me, I'm going to stop. And let me use this example. This is actually my husband's example. But if somebody went up to you right now and said, if you drink one more cup of coffee, you will die tomorrow, would you have a problem not drinking that coffee? No. You'd be like, oh well, shoot! I want to, I want to live, so I'm not going to drink that cup of coffee. So for me, if I find out for whatever reason, or if I make a decision that that's not good for me personally, or I don't want to do that anymore, I kind of take it from that mind frame, and I know that that's easier said than done. And some people maybe need to set small goals. Okay, let me see if I can make it a week, and then once they make it a week, maybe they're like, okay, I've made it one week. Maybe let's see if I can make it another week. You know, the other thing is that. When I first started drinking coffee, I used to drink basically creamer with a splash of coffee, um, and I eventually learned to drink it black. And how I did that was slowly over time, right? A little less creamer, a little less creamer, a little less creamer until there was no creamer and sugar, and it was just black. So the other piece is that while I didn't do this it this way, if you're trying to give up something, perhaps it's that instead of giving up every day, you go down to three days a week. Right, and then once you've been doing three days a week for like a month, maybe you do it two days a week until eventually it's not that big of a part of your life. But I just have always taken the mindset of once I make a decision, I'm going to stick to that decision. And the other piece that makes it really cool is um, <laughs> tell it on Instagram because there's nothing worse than knowing that you go you went back on something you posted. Right, so every time I've given up something, I make a public declaration because then I also know there's people out there watching me, and I don't want to let them down and so i'm far less likely to you know cheat i hate that word but um i'm far less likely to fall off the wagon let's say if i know that the insta world is watching me
0: i love that and just keeping accountable um do you think that maybe you're able to do these things quicker because you have a reason that's fueled behind you i find that people that say, well, I just, I can't give up coffee. I've tried before. It's just too hard. They're doing it for like the wrong reasons and they don't actually know why they're giving up coffee. They just heard like coffee's bad for you. And then like just as an example, and they're like, okay, I'll stop drinking coffee, but there's like not a reason behind that. So they struggled. Do you find that that could be?
1: Absolutely. You know, one of the reasons that I decided to give up coffee was also because my husband had listened to a podcast on the Ben Greenfield show where it was talking about coffee and its relation to totipotent stem cells, which are like these kind of like Regenerative stem cells or whatever, and I don't. I don't even remember exactly what he said to me. But he came back very fired up about this podcast oh. and um and its relation to coffee and and him wanting me to be around to live old with him. And that was all I needed. Okay, you know what? And I listened to the podcast and I didn't quite take it as serious as he did, but. For me, my husband said he loves me enough and wants me to grow old with him. So, all right, I can give up coffee. So I think you're absolutely right. I think when there's more of an emotional attachment to the reason behind the giving up piece, then yes, you're far more likely to stick to it.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And where can
1: people find you? Sure. Um, So at Danielle Natoni, um, Danielle is spelled with two L's and an E. And the reason I say that is because every time I go anywhere where they write your name, I'm always Daniel. So that's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. Yeah. And my last name is Natoni, N-A-T-O-N-I. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook there. And uh, my website is danielnatoni.com right now. It just says coming soon. That's because we've been working behind the scenes on refreshing it and updating it. But I'm going to give you that site because it will be up in the next week or two. And that's where you want to check me out. So just look for my name and you'll find me. Congratulations. That's a
0: lot of work. Uh, Building a website is grueling. So congratulations. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I don't have to do it. My husband, I always joke that everyone needs a Darren so he can do all things. So he's the website builder and the editor and the videographer. And he's just like one of those like freaks of nature that knows how to do all the things. I have one of those. So um, I always joke that I'm just the pretty face and he's like the brilliance behind all the madness. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly
0: Kevin and my relationship. He knows how to do all the things. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Totally a freak of nature like he knows the answer to every question he could tell you what a caterpillar does i don't even understand how he knows all these things i love it <laughs> well thanks again for coming on the show danielle i really appreciate it and the show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthful for slash podcast slash e79 and thanks again thank you